Welcome to The Way the World Works, where the trusted team behind the Tuttle Twins books tackles current events, hot topics, and fun ideas to help your family find clarity in a world full of confusion. Hi, Ronnie. Hey, Brittany. Our First Amendment is extremely important. You know, it makes sure that the things we say, think, and even just express are protected from government getting mad at us, which is not the case in a lot of countries. In some countries, what you say, you can be locked up. You know, places like Iran, it's, it's really scary. But a lot of people today, I think in America, we forget how lucky we are. And we also forget that the reason we enjoy the, the uh, you know, the life we enjoy is because we have these rights. So today you have a lot of people thinking that speech should um, not always be protected, right? There's a lot of people that think if speech is offensive or hateful, that the government should step in and like ban it or like intervene and you should get in trouble. And the thing is like in a world with so many different people and so many different opinions, what offends somebody else might not offend you. You know, like what offends you, Ronnie is not going to be offensive to me or what you think is mm-hmm. going to be hateful to me. And so that's a really scary line because then you have it just being opinion and that's a little bit scary. And also like if you make one law against free speech, then it's going to incrementally Like they could create another law and another law and it starts slowly until we find that we have no free speech anymore. So that's that's really, really scary. Um, So most importantly, though, to remember is that our First Amendment was included in the Constitution to protect unpopular speech. If you say something everyone agrees with, nobody's going to get mad at you, right? It's not there to protect something nobody's going to care about. It's there to protect the controversial speech that the governments might try to suppress. So that Mm -hmm. means... Everybody, even if you say something horrible or hateful, you still have the right to say it. Now, does that mean I'm going to agree with you or think you're a great person? Absolutely not. I have the right not to think that. But today I want to talk about a landmark Supreme Court case, which means it was something that kind of changed the game, that helped establish that the Constitution isn't just there whenever we feel like it should matter, right? It really helped protect the First Amendment, and it shows how brave sometimes people have to be and vigilant in protecting the First Amendment, even when they disagree with what's saying, what's being said. So I'm going to jump right into it. In 1973, there was a group of neo-Nazis in Illinois. Now, I'm going to explain what that means. Connor and I did an episode on who the Nazis were, and that was, you know, terrible World War II. They were part of Hitler's regime, and they were very tyrannical, and they were a party who hated certain ethnic and religious groups. They, they did not like Jewish people, and they put them in internment camps and many of them were killed. And it was just this horrible part of history that, you know, we wish we could erase, but it's always good to remember what can happen in, in a tyrannical government. So there was a popular, like a wave of um, very racist uh, movements in America after that were neo-Nazis. Neo means new. So they would call them like new Nazis planned a march, right? They, or they were like all over the country and, and they planned this march in what's called, I'm going to say it wrong, I think it's Skokie, Illinois. And Skokie, Illinois is interesting because it actually is a place where a lot of Holocaust survivors settled when they came to America. Big Jewish community. I think I read somewhere that it was like half of the city. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was a Jewish community. So these neo-Nazis, they planned to do like a demonstration, like a rally on the streets and and hold up their racist signs. And some of them were even going to dress in Nazi uniforms. And it terrible, right? Nobody, you know, with it with a decent moral compass is going to say, oh, that sounds like a fun parade that I want to join. No, absolutely not. It's terrible. But the thing is, they have the right to say it, right? Unless they are calling for violence or they're like planning violence, then they have the right to do it. That's the way this country was formed and for good reason. 
So the town was obviously very angry because the people were angry. And so they decided to get what's called an injunction, which is like a legal thing that says you can't do this thing. So the, the march hadn't happened yet, but um, the town was basically saying, absolutely not. You can't do this. So one of the leaders of the neo-Nazis, he called the ACLU, which is funny, like bold move, like you're full of, full of hatred and you want to do this terrible thing, but you're like, you know what? I'm going to call the ACLU. But again, you have the right to do that, right? Like, it doesn't matter what you say if it's not, if it doesn't condone or call for, excuse me, violence and or turn violent, then you're allowed to say it. So no one at the ACLU, I think, was sitting here going, oh my gosh, these people are right. We love the neo-Nazis. That is not what it was about. You know, it, everything was downright hateful. And I think they knew that, but that's not the point because even hateful speech is protected. So the ACLU, and I mentioned this in a previous episode, that stands for the American Civil Liberties Union. And they are like a nonprofit law firm that helps protect civil rights, except for the Second Amendment. They definitely are not good on gun rights. So they don't even deal with them. But their whole thing is to protect people for free, to make sure the government is not trampling on their rights. So they took the case. And boy, was that like a huge controversy because it's not a very popular case, right, to say, we're going to go ahead and defend the Nazis. Like, what do you guys think about that? And it wasn't that long after World War II. So there's still a lot of Holocaust survivors that remember all the terrible things they had to go through. So, um, so yeah, so the story gets even more interesting, though. Because the ACLU, after they agreed to take the case, they appointed or the lawyer who stepped up to defend them was a Jewish man. So Hmm. that, yeah, is a really cool part of the story. And it just imagine like, imagine, Ronnie, somebody hating you so much. They're planning like a demonstration to hold up signs saying, you know, we hate you, Ronnie. We don't like you. But you're so passionate about civil rights. You actually defend their right to say it. You know, that's. That is real dedication to principle, and that is that is just such an admirable thing, even though what they're, you know, he was protecting was terrible. But this got really tricky because, again, here you have a Jewish man who is doing what his duty is. He's a civil liberties attorney, and his first dedication is to the Constitution to protect people from the government. But his whole community turned against him. You know, and he, he had people were like throwing eggs at his door at one point. His own rabbi condemned him in church and that like I can't even oh, imagine wow. that. And, you know, he was getting threatening phone calls and it was it was just really sad. But again, he pushed forward because he knew that he had to. Now, this case is really interesting, too, because the government is allowed to, you know, intervene and then it might go to the courts or whatever. But if if they punish somebody for what they said or what they did, that usually happens after you say or do something. But remember, the march hadn't happened yet. So the government was actually punishing a group of people for their beliefs before they even spoke a word about their beliefs. So that's even scary. That's like pre-crime, right? It's like punishing you. It's like if a teacher heard that you might do something bad and then they like, you know, you don't get recess or whatever, whatever teachers do these Mm -hmm. days or you get in trouble, (laughs) but you've never even done it yet. Like, that's just crazy. So in court, they call this prior restraint. So prior meaning before something happens, you have to show prior restraint so that you don't get people in trouble for something they didn't actually do. So that was another really big issue in this case. So again, the ACLU knew that this was going to be controversial. They took it anyway. And they even had people on their staff resign because they were just like, no, this is, this is too much. But this was their whole point of them was to protect civil liberties even when it's unpopular. So the Jewish lawyer, his name was David Goldberger. He faced all these threats as we talked about, but he pressed forward Um, And eventually they won their case and the uh, First Amendment was upheld, which is just so great, even though, again, horrible. 
And what I really find interesting is there were Holocaust survivors who wrote to Goldberger and actually said thank you and supported him for oh, what wow. he did. Yeah. And it's because, you know, they wanted to see speech protected. Imagine escaping a place that was so tyrannical that one of the first things to go in, in authoritarian, you know, led governments is the right to speak out, the right to free speech. So they had seen that play out in their country. They knew how bad it could be. So they knew that you had to protect that even for the people you don't agree with. But and this is a really good and interesting thing about free speech. They also appreciated that it was going to be public because if people are say free to say what they want and they're saying really hateful things, that doesn't mean that they can escape the consequences, meaning the things that happen because of what you say. So the Jewish people who were, who were supporting this case, they were thinking like, OK, well, if we see the people marching, we're going to know which people in our community are neo-Nazis and which people like we don't want to associate with. And the same thing today, like. Instead of canceling people, if you see someone say something hateful or terrible, then you know, like, oh, I don't want to hang out with that person. That person has really hateful views. So it almost is like really good because it shows you the people you want to avoid. You know, it's like almost like a good little signal for you to decide who or, or who you don't want to hang out with. So so I think that that's really interesting. Um, so really big moment for free speech. But one thing I want to talk about, which makes me really sad, is I used to really love the ACLU because they've done things like this. You know, they were brave enough to take a case that they knew was unpopular. But over the years, they don't do that anymore. And mm-hmm. it's it was getting bad, but it really got bad after the Black Lives Matter protests during the pandemic because now they started saying – actually, it was before that. There was like was a Charlottesville – right? Yeah, oh, well, no, then. Charlottesville. So it was basically when Trump got into office – And there was all this hysteria about racism. And they were saying, like, you shouldn't be allowed to say anything hateful if you do. You know, like, we should ban hate speech. And then it got really, really bad. And the ACLU didn't want to look unpopular. And so they stopped taking a lot of First Amendment cases because they didn't want. I think there was even some Charlottesville, like, people that tried to. It was it was like a little bit of I think it was a racist uh, demonstration or, or white supremacist demonstration. And they decided that they were going to back away from free speech because they didn't want to seem unpopular. And this makes me so sad because part of the reason that I respect constitutional attorneys or civil liberties attorneys is their dedication, like you like Gold uh, Goldberger, the dedication to stand up for what's right, even when you don't agree with it. What's that famous quote? Like, I don't agree with what's say. What you say, but I, but just, I'll defend, I defend my life. You're right to say it. Yeah, yeah. Is that we just butchered that? But basically, <laughs> you know, defending something because you know it's right to defend someone, right, someone's right to free speech, even if you don't agree with what's being said, is so important. And it makes me really sad that the ACLU stopped doing this because we we need this, especially right now. Everything's so polarized. And the thing about the Constitution is it shouldn't be polarized because it's created to protect us from the government and from the government oppressing us. And that should be what matters because you're allowed to say whatever you want. And again, just like the Holocaust survivors who supported the case understood is that really, that meant that even if they don't agree with it, at least they know who's saying it and they can stay away from those people. So really, really important case. I think it shows us, you know, Goldberger is such a hero because he stood up for what was right, even when he didn't agree with what was being said. And I think that's such an important thing to remember in our polarized world today. So fun little law history, legal history lesson for you. Um, And just a reminder to be dedicated to your first principles. So we will wrap it up there. As always, don't forget to like and subscribe to the podcast and share with your friends. And until next time, Ronnie, we will talk to you soon. All right. See you soon. You've been listening to The Way the World Works. Make sure your family is subscribed and check out TuttleTwins.com for more awesome content.